Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. There are thousands of amazing self-help books out there, but what happens when you're struggling at the moment and need help now? Well, my new book, Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook, is your new go-to self-help book. I wrote it specifically for when you don't know how to overcome a challenge. Each chapter gives you a framework on how to tackle your situation. I help you focus on what already works for you. Your situation today may be different, but the emotions you're currently feeling, you felt them before, and you did something that helped you. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. This book is specifically written to help you overcome any obstacle you may face. Purchase your book, Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. Once again, purchase Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. Are you an emerging persona or a global organization that isn't getting recognition from the press? Have your marketing and advertisement efforts hit a plateau? Let us help you take your brand to the next level. Red Heifer Media is a full-service boutique public relations agency specializing in health and wellness, tech, real estate, and nonprofit organizations. We can turn your successful company into a reputable brand. Take your first step and visit www.redheifermedia.com. Once again, visit www.redheifermedia.com to take your brand to the next level. My guest today is Jeff Johnston, who is an author, entrepreneur, and advocate. After losing his son, Seth, in 2016 to fentanyl poisoning, Jeff decided to change the trajectory of his life. He created the brand Living Undeterred. In today's episode, Jeff and I talk about the Living Undeterred Tour, a 95-day cross-country trip with the goal of building a network of contacts and resources to help develop alternative solutions to the mental health and addiction crises. Welcome to Lifeology. Hey, James, it's great to be on Lifeology for the second time. Uh, you and I met a while back before this tour was even an idea, but it's, I'm excited to be back and really appreciate your advocacy and the support you do to help uh, those uh, struggling with mental health issues. It is my absolute pleasure. Unfortunately, we had to meet under these circumstances, but I am glad that you are the type of person that when life happens, things can be a stumbling block or become a stepping stone, and you are a wonderful role model of what to do when life just happens. Yeah, we're, you know, I look at this adventure I've been on for the last five years. And as I said, on the last time I met you that, you know, we, five years ago, everything was great. I was on top of the mountain, you know, like a lot of people, mm -hmm. you kind of reach that pinnacle. You've worked hard since you were uh, in college and you kind of go, wow, this is great. The view from the top is nice. And then all of a sudden, boom, just like that, you know, yeah. life like it does to, for so many of us just gets the, the carpet pulled out from under us. Previous to 2016, you were in the finance world and you have mm -hmm. um, an amazing um, financial company as well. And so everything happened. Unfortunately, everything happened. And then just recently, unfortunately, your wife passed away mm -hmm. as well from alcoholism. With all of those traumatic events that have happened, to go from one world of finance to all of a sudden go to this world of advocacy, what's what's the same in who, what's different and what's the same about you? You know, that's a great question. I think I get asked a lot about, you know, resiliency and mental toughness. And I think it goes all the way back to my childhood. I grew up with three mm -hmm. brothers. My dad was a two-sport uh, All-American athlete, uh, got drafted oh. by the Cubs to pitch and ended up to 
going into being a doctor. So he was in private practice and worked at the University of Iowa for a long time. But I learned a lot about competition and confidence and optimism. And so building up my financial practice, uh, those traits really helped me tremendously. And then when all of a sudden I pivoted from having an interest in managing money to now having an interest in trying to manage people. Um, I think some of these things I learned early in my life really helped me deal with mm-hmm. becoming undeterred and having resiliency. It wasn't like all of a sudden I was like negative and, and struggling with things. And then boom, one day I just woke up and I was, you know, Mr. Yeah. Positive. Sure. Um, that is just an illusion. And I still every day have to practice certain things. So I don't take shortcuts and fall back into those terrifying, terrifying moments of uh, even suicidal ideation, which I, I've had. Sure. You know, as recently as over mm-hmm. the holidays, believe it or not, which is sure, just, of course just terrifying for me. Mm-hmm. One thing I really want to to normalize is, and also thank you so much for your transparency and honesty, because sometimes people just see us on the side of the camera mm-hmm. and they think, oh my gosh, this person is this or that, and not realizing that we all have our own struggles. And having mm-hmm. our own struggles doesn't mean it stops us from not feeling, doesn't mean mm-hmm. it, it doesn't do whatever. And so the difference is, is just because the person has a thought doesn't mean that we've activated that thought. And so when life become very difficult when anniversaries happen, when holidays happen, it's very easy to fall back in the mentality of what was as opposed to what is. And so when we get lost in that and then grief hits us, and that's a very natural thing. There's so many different cycles of grief. We may think we're done with grief and all of a sudden it hits us again. Like, oh my God, where did this even come from? So it's incredibly normal that you would have some of those feelings. The difference is you didn't act it. You didn't act on those feelings. And so just, I want to normalize that because we all at times have had those feelings. And so mm-hmm. it's, a, it's very normal and very, it's a very, um, when I say normal, it's a, we've all had it. And so the difference right, is correct. what you do with that information. So that's one of the great things about your tour is giving, helping people find resources. So when people do have those thoughts, they do want to act on it. You or your tour and undertoured tour is creating these opportunities for people to find the help that they need. Yeah. One of the really big motivators for me is as I, we bark, embark on this journey in, in a few weeks um, is I look at what's already been done. I look at what we're doing mm-hmm. right now to deal with mental health. And pe- people ask me, you know, what, What's changed the narrative mean, Jeff? It sounds just so, you know, yeah. politicized to say that term, change mm-hmm. the narrative. Buzzwords, okay? yeah. <laughs> yeah, or raise awareness. It's like, you know, if awareness mm-hmm. was making a difference, then we wouldn't put labels, then labels on food we ate would help us lose weight, but we're the heaviest industrial country in the world and we're getting heavier. So putting more labels on food isn't making people more aware about weight control and healthy eating. Yeah. So I'm not sure just awareness on these issues is what my objective is. I want to find actionable items that people can implement to start to implement strategies to make their lives better. Mm -hmm. So awareness obviously is important, but uh, I think we want to go deeper. I think we want to peel back and really get into the demand side of addiction, not necessarily the supply side. You know, I'm not going after drug cartels and big pharma. Uh, I want to figure out why people are making the decisions that they are making and then why they're unable to stop the destructive ones. What happened for you to say, yes, I really want to do this tour. This tour needs to happen. It's funny you ask. <laughs> um, like everybody, you know, I, I'm fairly competitive. Um, <laughs> I admit publicly I have imposter syndrome. So I compare myself constantly to your podcast, to books I read. I'm always trying to make myself better. I don't do it sure. to make myself feel worse. I do it to improve my life. You know, who's doing the best out there? That's what I want to be like. And And so I was on my elliptical one day, I jumped off and this was like last May. So I already had my podcast. I had my book. I had a lot of my projects going. I just was feeling like I wasn't doing enough, James. 
went up to Camping World the next day and made a pitch for some crazy idea called the Living Undeterred Tour, and I bought a 34-foot RV, came home, and I called all my friends, and I said, hey, guess what? I'm going around the country with my boys. We're going to raise a million dollars, and they're like, when are you doing this? And I said, July. So this was in May of last year. Oh, my gosh. So I was okay. going to do this in 60 days. And they're like, dude, you got to, you know, this is a good idea, Jeff, but it's going to be a disaster if you come into this unorganized. So you have to pull the plug, be intentional. That's what we did. So now we we leave in uh, on May 9th. And um, we have states I have no contacts in, but we're just going to wing it. Mm. We're just going to pull into yeah. town, reach out to support groups, advocacy groups, try to do the interviews. Mm-hmm. Just we can go across America and share stories. And I think being vulnerable is a big key to this whole thing. Yeah. The more vulnerable we are, the more we can all connect on an emotional level. Our life, socioeconomic background, political affiliation, all that may be different, but we all know what it feels like to have loss. We know what it feels like to have heartache. We know what it feels like to experience grief. We know what it feels like, whatever it might be, we all experience, have that emotional connection. So the great thing, one of the great things about the Living Under Tour Tour is you're joining with everybody on an emotional level. Someone has knows someone who has some type of addiction or mental health struggle. And so with that, that's where everybody can remove all their background and come together to really be a part of this amazing grassroots movement. In an ideal world, changing the narrative on this, what would that look like? It's a good question. I think an ideal world for me would be one, I want to change the mindset that people have towards events mm-hmm. like I went through. And I know the book says you have to do all these stages and you have to do this and that. And I'm like, you know, first of all, everyone has to do what they need to do. You know, I I can't tell somebody Mm -hmm. there's five stages, there's three stages, there's no template. When you get that phone call, you just go into complete shock and you kind of invent stuff on the way and you're kind of in damage control, you know, but you're also hypersensitive and aware to everything around you. So you're really trying to process all that data coming in. But you certainly don't have to just crumble and watch your life unravel. And mm-hmm. then, you know, unfortunately, like 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 with my wife, and I, I'm not being disparaging at all to anybody that of course, that has of a hard time. Obviously, more people do than, than don't. Mm-hmm. But when our son died, she died. Yeah. And I watched her over, you know, a four-year time span self-destruct. And we tried everything. And... You know, maybe for her, that was the best efforts. Maybe she was trying her hardest um, and maybe Mm -hmm. it was just something I missed or something we missed as a family that we could have helped her. But, you know, I can't go back and help her now, but I certainly can help her legacy and my son's legacy and those other families that have lost loved ones. We can continue Mm -hmm. these conversations. So Mm -hmm. I think for me, it's changing stigmas. It's changing labels. um, It's being vulnerable. And as I mentioned when I first um, when I first uh, met you, but Johan Hari wrote about, I think he maybe in his TED talk, uh, he wrote a book called Chasing the Scream, which is an awesome book on the war on drugs. He said the opposite of addiction is connection. If you think about that mm-hmm. for a minute, mm-hmm. you know, if it's I ask everybody, sense. what's the opposite yeah. of addiction, James, they're going to say yeah. sobriety, being sure. clean. He's like, yeah. no, the opposite of addiction is connection. I'm like, man, there's something beautiful about that. Yeah. There's something really so much, awesome yeah. about that. So much isolation goes along with addiction. So when someone's addicted, they have this, um, not they, I don't want to be pejorative or, mm-hmm. or to say people are different. So I, my viewers and listeners, they hear me say that I'm explaining something, but not right. class, classifying someone as something. So when people struggle with that, what they do is they often have this mentality of I'm different. Or if anybody found out about me, they would think this about me. So we have this narrative that we, how we want the world to see us, but then strip all that away. And when someone's an addictive pattern or state of mind, they can only think about getting the, 
the pleasure of whatever that addiction is. Right. But in doing that, there's some shame that comes with it, knowing that it doesn't fit the social norm. So therefore people start to isolate. So you'll know if, if someone is using or they've relapsed is all of a sudden their social connection decreases. And so if the social connection decreases, that goes from isolation. So more isolation then creates this narrative in their head of whatever it may be. Well, now I'm just chasing the high, or mm-hmm. I'm chasing something. Or if people were to find out, then they would think this about me. So it creates this, it almost holds someone in like an emotional hostage in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. And so an emotional hostage or a terrorist of some sort, they they often will not allow people or blackmail people. They won't allow them to really they talk about it. And so that's really what addiction does is just like you said, is it creates isolation and isolation, unfortunately leads to more behavior, negative behaviors or unhealthy behaviors, which can unfortunately then lead towards overdose. Yeah. And what I've learned so far, like I said, I just got thrust into this five years ago. Um, you know, before all this happened, I mental health was not even on the radar for me, Sure, but you know, as I keep going through this and I start seeing the sharing of stories that, that people, and I have so many stories I can tell you where, I walked out of that conversation with one or two people. We're both benefited from that conversation. And really it took one of us basically putting our guard down instead of talking yeah. about the fancy car or the houses we have or the great job we have or how many smart kids we have to make honor roll every semester. It's like, you know what? I thought about killing myself over Christmas, dude. Mm-hmm. Now it's, it sucked. It's terrifying. But I know why I did. I took shortcuts. I skipped my meditation. I skipped my workouts and I'm never doing that again. So Mm -hmm. there's always a lesson in every story. And and I I think if if we can, as a society, learn to be the one that cracks that door first and not wait for people to do it first, Mm -hmm. you'll find out really quick if people don't want to go down that road. Mm -hmm. You know, you really will without, without Mm -hmm. badgering them, but you're going to find out more times than not. I believe that when you crack that door, the floodgates open. And, yes. um, I, I heard someone say um, a long time ago that as you get older, your funnel of friends shrinks, you know, mm-hmm. mine's More just the opposite, yeah. dude. I'm 56 oh, really? and I'm adding friends left and right. And I'm That's eliminating, I, I don't have as many toxic relationships, but when I'm 90, I'm going to have this inverted funnel where I'm just going to have so many <laughs> close contacts. Awesome. So I'm I, that narrative I'm trying to change too. We don't have to age and slowly get smaller and smaller and smaller in our world. Uh-huh. We, add, we should, like Johan Harry says, we should be adding to the well of humans yes. that we can tap yes. uh, under any circumstances. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that 100%. You said something a little bit earlier that I really wanted to showcase as well. You said you realized with the decisions that you made that you had skipped your meditation, you skipped your mm-hmm. workouts. And when we create structure for our day, structure is order. Opposite of order is chaos. Chaotic behaviors are can often be linked with addiction, can be linked with a lot of mental health struggles. Doesn't mean the person is that way, but it just means the behavior. And that's what we're talking mm-hmm. about, the addiction. And so when you think about that for yourself, you were in a position where if you skipped your routine of sorts, you were then allowed, allowed chaos to come into your life. Because if mm. you knew these specific things were what you needed to do to net you the outcome you're looking for, that is your version of a treatment plan or that's your version of an action plan to make sure that you don't go down that road because you have to do these certain things. So I really wanted to link that together to every time we have a, want to create a change, we have to create a plan and whatever mm-hmm. that plan may be. So you reverse engineer it. So if I want to stop a behavior, well, what are the things I know I do, which leads towards that? For example, when it comes to advertising, I'm sure it's probably just me, but if I see a commercial about pizza, I'm like, oh my God, I want pizza. And the next thing I know, 
three days later, I've ordered a pizza. It's not because yep. I wanted it in the moment, but because I allowed one thought to come into yep. my mind. And that thought then linked to another thought, which linked to another thought, which linked to another thought. And pretty soon I'm now engaged in the behavior. And so that's the same mm -hmm. type of thing when it comes to addiction is we addiction actually starts with a thought or re relapse starts with a thought. And mm -hmm. so if we're struggling in anything, if we know that if we don't do these specific things for our routine, unfortunately it will cause us to go down a road that's not healthy for us. So whether people struggle with addiction or mental health or substance abuse, if you don't create a routine and stick to your routine, unfortunately you will re revert or regress to an unhealthy behavior. So just like you went through that, I have to be mindful of my own behavior because the more mindful and, and um, intentional we are about that, the healthier and more quickly we can develop into the person we want to be. Yeah. And what, what in my case, what had happened was I was going through boxes uh, after my wife died mm. and I found one box of just Seth stuff. Um, I actually had, there's mm. a letter in there he wrote when he was in prison that I've never read. And to this day, I've not read it. I've got to, I got mm. one page done and I, I just, I, mm. I, I kind of not want, I don't want to read it because it gives me something to look forward to. You know, Makes sense. that's what we call the approach avoidance conflict. And yep. that's exactly what you're experiencing. When you, if you read it, then it takes away from. Exactly. So it's the, giving the me that carrot dangling yeah. in front of me yeah. that yeah. I know I got something to read yeah. about my son that I've never read before. So mm -hmm. I don't know if I'll ever read it. Um, but in my case, I opened up the second box and it was my wife and it was our pictures to Europe. It was our wedding pictures. And mm -hmm. James, I went from like I am right now with you to my first brush with suicidal ideation in a matter of mm. minutes. And it hit me so hard. It was so terrifying. And for two days, I shut my computer off my phone. I sat, I don't really remember what happened from Friday to Sunday, except my business partner came over and they, everyone thought I'd taken my life because no one could reach me. Mm. I really don't remember what I did. I, I didn't drink. I didn't take any pills. I just kind of mm -hmm. went off into some other, I don't know what I did. I can't explain it. Yeah. But after, I, after I realized, yeah, after I realized how close I got to really doing something that I never thought I would ever get to, I realized, okay, I took shortcuts that, that I let my guard down. And so it wasn't mm -hmm. the content of the box that triggered me. It was the contents of this box that, mm -hmm. that allowed me to have those thoughts come in that, you know, I, I just can't do it again. And so my meditation, mm -hmm. now I added time to it. My workout, I added time and I do that more important than eating or sleeping is those two things. Cause I know if I skip them, yes. that beast can show up on my front door again. Mm -hmm. you know? And once again, I truly appreciate your transparency in that. And I'm sure so many of my viewers and listeners right now can relate with that because we've all been blindsided by emotions. They're like, Oh my God, it was so quick. So, it was so yeah. quick. I mean, literally it's like right now I'm feel really good talking to you. And it's like, in a matter of seconds, I'm like, God, this is insane. I've never had this. Yeah. I even buried my wife and my son. I never thought about suicide. Mm. It was some stupid box. Yeah. You know, I, and I wrote a book about my son. So how, how could a yeah. box trigger me? But it did. I just, I let my guard down. I'll never do mm -hmm. that again. And that's a very powerful lesson. And once again, a lesson we all can learn as well. I do want to transition into the tour. So you're mm -hmm. going to, it's a 95 day tour. Um, how many, how many states are you going to be visiting? Yeah, well, our plan initially was every state, but we're having some issues with a few states. Uh, mm -hmm. We just can't drum up contacts and people. Okay. I think people, <clears throat> a couple organizations have committed and they've called us and said, well, we think your thing's too big. We can't accommodate you. So it's okay. like, and I don't mean too big as like I'm being arrogant, but I mean, we're coming in. We, we want to have this big presentation. We want to do tours mm -hmm. and people I think are a little mm -hmm. intimidated that they thought sure. maybe this was like a 30 or 40 person type, you know, presentation, like at a school mm -hmm. or something. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. 
So we have some states that are open. I think what I'll do is take advantage of that with my boys in our RV. We'll see some state parks. We'll randomly call yes. radio stations, see if we can get in the air. We'll be, we'll be. I don't think with a 34-foot RV fully wrapped black and gold <laughs> living undeterred U.S. tour, we're going to have any problems with people yeah. wanting to talk to us. And that's sure. the goal. I, I want people to con- yeah. have these conversations. And I really, mm-hmm. I'm going to really focus on making this not about me. I don't want to sit there and have to tell my story all the time. I want to hear your story. I want to share on our platform what America's feeling like, what America is hurting for, and, and, and ways. The other thing, James, is I want to highlight some of the alternative methods that are out there. In Reno, we have a stop with a company called Brain Health Restoration, which is researching brainwave technology. Mm-hmm. And our whole stop is going to be based on that. And then um, we, okay. yeah, we have, I'm, I've got some feelers out to try to get a stop in psychedelic research. Um, Interesting. Especially, a I lot of research Oregon, is Oregon uh-huh. just today, I think, approved psilocybin uh, as a, as a, um, as an option. Wow. So, fantastic. you know, I've never done drugs in my life, but that uh-huh. shouldn't mean I shouldn't learn about these things that, that sure. are out there that are, you know. Uh-huh. That could be alternatives. I mean, if sure. what we were doing was working, I wouldn't even be doing this tour, mm-hmm. you know? So there's got to be so many ways that we can add more arrows to the quiver of mental health and what we're doing right now. Yes, exactly. What can people expect when they show up at some of these locations where you're going to be? Yeah, the the tours we show up, we'll do a tour of the facility. I'll do some media. We have um, a publicist now we hired. It's We're really excited about getting him involved in, in promoting this locally and nationally. Do media interviews, meet the the heads of the organizations, meet the local advocates, we're calling, the Jeff Johnstons of each community that have mm-hmm. lost somebody. Nice. or, or And then uh, I'll speak for about 30 minutes, which I'm really fine-tuning my presentation. I want to make this really look you know professional. I have a tendency to ramble too much, and I got people are saying, nope, you got to have this down to the – so I'm working <laughs> on that. And then sure. the cool thing, James, is right after I'm done talking, we have a panel discussion for an hour, and we want to get nice. a clinician on – we want to get a local advocate. We want to get someone from the nonprofit. And then myself, my sons have offered to sit on the panel, which is great because mm-hmm. Roman and Ian both uh, being 20 and 18 can really add mm-hmm. a new adolescent perspective sure. instead of just adults up there talking. Mm-hmm. So, and then just wing it, you know, we're, we're just, uh, we have a lot of uh, flexibility we're leaving in the, in the schedule. Uh, I have a feeling we'll get a lot of people to reach out to us that spontaneously want us to do things. So we're trying to stay a little bit flexible. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm slightly terrified, but I'm very, I think the unknown part of it makes it exciting. It's like mm-hmm. that letter I haven't read from Seth. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like not really knowing about what's going to go kind of makes it exciting. You yes. Know? Yeah, exactly. When, if people can't attend any of the events, how can they support you? How can they help <laughs> be a part of this? Great question. This is, this is a huge one. I want to raise a million bucks after expenses and uh, how I'm going to do that? Well, one way is a, a dollar from a million people, right? Or $2 from 500,000. Every mm-hmm. single penny people can donate. I mean, you've seen gas and the RV mm-hmm. is not cheap. It gets seven <laughs> miles a gallon. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's, and in the wind, it gets like five. So yeah, we need to raise lots of money. And so anybody that feels inclined to donate, um, a couple things. First of all, our nonprofit is fully transparent. So people, I, I'm mm-hmm. removing myself from any financial um, mm-hmm. handling of the proceeds. And as a financial advisor, I understand fiduciary responsibility. Well, um, we also, at the very end, we're donating 50% of the profit. So after our expenses to all the state partners that partner with us. 
So that's a that's unique awesome. angle. A lot of a lot of these organizations, they don't do that. But I want to put some of that money back in the communities that allowed us to come in, that invested this time, um, hit up their donors, hit up their followers to donate to our cause. I want to give some of that money back. So we're planning on giving half of that back at the end. That is absolutely fantastic. I am super excited about this. I, I can't wait to be a part of maybe one of those panels down in Fort Lauderdale when you are Absolutely. here. Uh, if there's anything I can do, please let me know. I definitely want my viewers and listeners to know that I highly enjoy Chef Johnson and the Living Under Tour tour. And so uh, just know that I will definitely be contributing as well. If my viewers and listeners want to find more information to donate, to be a part of this, to be this exciting event, where will they find all this information online? Yeah, it's uh, www.livingundeterred.com. And, and undeterred is a tricky word to spell. So it's undeterred.com. And on there is my podcast, which you were gracious to be a guest uh, about a year ago. Um, and all the information on the tour, uh, my book is available for purchase. Um, I'm looking for podcast guests. Uh, anybody that's a follower, listener of yours that has an interest in the mental health or has a sh- story to, to, to share, um, reach out to me. Uh, we're booking up podcast guests and, um, I'm excited for the future. Uh, I think there is a very good possibility that, that, uh, collectively through all the people I'm going to meet that there could, there could be something that comes out of this. We're calling it after the tour. And that's going to be something we're going to build to kind of shake up the mental health industry. Um, you know, like I said, if things were working and the numbers were all getting good, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have any interest in this, but the, yeah. the, obviously it's painfully clear that, uh, across the board, overdose, suicide, and alcoholism deaths are all going up. Yes. So for, it's incredibly unfortunate, but I'm very much excited to hear what happens after the tour. So please keep me posted. Thank you so much for being a fantastic guest on my show today, Jeff Johnson. Um, once again, I am super honored to have you be a part of here. And uh, so once again, if anything I can do, please let me know. My viewers and listeners also know that if they cannot find this information any other place, simply go to the show notes at jamesmillerlifeology.com. I'll have all of Jeff Johnson's information about the Living Under Tour tour. Thanks, Jeff. I really appreciate your time. Thanks, James. Appreciate your time. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.